0: Welcome to the Crack House Podcast. We are here at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona. This episode
1: is brought to you by Mark Silverstein Photography and Videography. And as always, Big Pine Comedy Festival is September 19th through 22nd in beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona. It is my pleasure, guys, to introduce your host, Matt Broom. How are you doing, buddy?
0: I am doing fantastic. Thank you,
1: Jack. Uh, But here's the thing.
0: I'm... I'm just no one here right now because the big man himself, Rick Bronson, superstar, is here with us this evening.
1: Yes, he is. And when he's
0: here? We're not. We don't talk much. (laughs) (laughs) So Rick Bronson's here. uh, And always always as support, the lovely Buck, our producer. Buck, how are you, Buck? Yeah, I'm feeling lovely. Are you feeling lovely? Uh, Because I said it
1: lovely? Yeah, feel good.
0: He's a lovely lady.
1: (laughs) He's a lovely
0: lady. Not as
1: lovely as our host, though. He was fantastic.
0: As our host? Who's our host? I was the host. Yes, I was actually lovely as well. I was. Does anybody remember the lovely ladies from Baseball Stars and <laughs> the Nintendo game? I'm not sure if everybody remembers that. The lovely ladies. The lovely la- It was the best baseball game ever on the Nintendo. It's okay. No, We're moving that. on. Our headliner is amazing, too. London Brown. Uh, was here with us and he brought his entire crew. He brought everyone with him. He's got his own entourage. It's kind
1: of neat. Especially if you're a comedy if you're a comedian and you want to kind of get the perspective of the host the feature and the headliner You're going to get all that in this
0: one. Well, you know what, too? He's kind of a baller. Dude. He is a baller. He's on HBO Ballers. And when you're on HBO HBO Ballers, you bring your own entourage. Yes, of course. Which is also a show on HBO. (laughs) (laughs) So, with no further ado, London Brown.
2: here with the crack house podcast as always joined by my
0: favorite comedy duo say hello boys hey all it's Matt Broome here with Jack Galvin to my right hey Jack how's everyone doing today I'm good
1: good
2: I am fantastic because we have a massive (laughs) show today usually we're lucky if we have one guest every once in a while Jack we have two guests but today no the whole damn show got here today we're thrilled this doesn't happen very often, boys. Let's uh, introduce yourselves, and then we'll, because uh, that's one of the things we do on the show. And then we'll, uh, we're gonna get into it. Uh, I'm Terence Delaney.
3: I guess I'll just talk like the rest of you guys. I'm Brandon Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Can <laughs> <laughs> you make me sound whiter. You know what I'm I'd saying? I'm Brandon Lewis. Uh, London
4: Brown.
2: And our right. headliner this week, London Brown. And, uh, boys, good to have all three of you here. This is fantastic. Uh, like I said, we typically get to sit down with just a headliner. So to have uh, both uh, both supporting acts on the show uh, with us today is fantastic. But, London, uh, let me give you, uh, first of all, the welcome. We, we've worked together. Well, you've worked for uh, the House of Comedy before. Yeah. But it's actually the first chance we've had to meet this weekend, which is very rare for me because I've been in this industry a long time. So yeah. I, I feel like I've met everyone or at least a passion with someone at some point, and uh, yet the first time we're meeting, but uh, very happy to meet you. First of all, let me tell people about you. Uh, I'm a fan because uh, I'm a sports guy, big sports guy, so one of my favorite series on TV is, of course, one that you are starring in, my friend, with a a little lesser known actor by the name of Dwayne Johnson. I know, right? don't know if anyone (laughs) knows that pansy (laughs) ass, whatever. But uh, you're on Ballers, bro. Yeah.
4: Uh, Right now, we just completed the fourth season. That'll be out in July. And so this whole thing has been just an incredible situation, and to be out on the road with some buddies and just get—it's just about exposure and one stage at a time. Well, so. let's
2: talk about action. What is your connection with Brandon? How do you guys connect now? Because you are originally an LA boy, which we talked about briefly when we met. Because I always said I think it's tougher for guys to break into stand-up being born and raised in LA or breaking into show business because you get to witness people at their most miserable all the time in LA. Whereas people like Brandon, who's from Atlanta, right? Georgia boy who comes to LA. I find it's easier for you to chase your dream because you haven't been around all that Hollywood pessimism. huh. And I mentioned that to you, and right. we talked about it briefly. But I'd love to expand on that a little bit. But for, I guess, how do you two guys come together? Uh, did you meet in LA?
4: We um we started, basically pretty much started stand-up at the same time. And we ran into each other just on the comedy scene. So, Literally, like that, maybe within the first month of doing some stand up, and I think upon his arrival, and we would just work the scene together, you know what I mean? Uh, so oh, cool I, I totally know what you
2: mean. I do, I have four buddies that I started with that I'm still in contact with today, and all four of us ended up with you know lifelong careers in in show right. business, which is almost unheard
4: of, yeah, you right? Know? Yeah, and so I mean, and so pretty much we would just like I said, run into each other at the clubs, and then if I was going somewhere, he'd give me a heads up on. Uh, a new mic we're also not only becoming new to the friendship but also new to the comedy scene as well so if he found out about an open mic and so forth we would just you know pitch each other work and try to develop it from there
2: you were your own little support group right own little support right, right eight years is. in that's what it was and how long you been at it brandon i've been at it eight years eight years and yeah. terrence well how long you been doing the game Six years, eight years in London. How long are you at it?
4: Eight. Wait, were well, Brandon. yeah. Uh-huh. as
2: well. Man, that's you guys have come a long way in a short amount of time. You know, they always say, as I'm sure you guys have yeah. heard from us old timer veteran comics, that usually it takes seven to ten years just to find your voice. You know, the yeah, ten thousand yeah. hour rule, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but for you guys to uh, be eight years in and headlining and touring the country, that's pretty impressive. Plus starring on a you know a small little TV show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so tell me a bit about. Uh, that. I was asking earlier about, you know, living in L.A. and pursuing the Hollywood dream. Did you find it more challenging? And I guess, Terrence, you live here in Arizona. I'll get you to talk a little bit about, you know, after what, you know, wh- do you want to be the guy that's also in L.A. with the coast with these guys, right? And, Brandon, ultimately, mm-hmm. what made you go from Atlanta, which I love, as we talked about the varsity, varsity. man. You didn't even bring me a
3: goddamn dog. Goddamn <laughs> my dog. My son, I got you. But, uh, well, they'll mail
2: order that stuff, won't they? They will. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so tell me, was it tougher to chase the dream? I think
4: uh, what happens is, is for comics that are from L.A., I think sometimes the um, proactive energy to pursue it, you just feel like Hollywood is there so you'll get around to it. Um, I, but I also think it's a personal, individual choice on where people's focus, uh, where the focus is. So I've always, know, I've always known that I want to do it. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld has this thing he mentions, like, he's always known he wanted to do stand-up, but wanting to do stand-up is different from doing it, you know what I mean? Absolutely. um, I feel the same way where I've always wanted to do it, but I just had to actually put the footwork in and say, yo, how do I actually take this idea or this dream and really go seek it out and find out how to do it? And um, So for me, I'm very tenacious and I've always known that this is what I wanted to do. I just didn't know how to.
2: What's, what's your background in the family structure? Uh, you have a lot of siblings? Or... Yeah, I,
4: I'm, the, I'm the oldest sibling. It was uh, grew up, It was five of us. And so I was doing everything. From at one point, I was a teacher and doing a bunch of different things in the art. But I come from theater. Okay. So I'm theatrically trained. And that's where my stage presence comes from. And so from that, I knew I had some funny timing from doing theater. And then once I started doing stand-up, I think that my theater background helped
2: me just leap ahead of a bunch of others because I was comfortable. Well, sure, you were all, you were already over things that most comics face as new comics. You were over the stage fright issue because you'd already been on stage in front of an audience. Sure, you were doing a new discipline, right. but just the ability to public speak in front of some people, that's a massive step in learning right, to right, right. get over that. Yeah, I completely understand that. So some of, the, all,
4: some of that definitely worked towards my favorite, and I'm coming from theater, so I understood character work. And so that also helped with my my content because I was able to do act-outs fairly easy because I come from
2: theater. So, so do you feel like an actor turned comic or do you always feel that there was a stand-up inside you and, and doing the theater program is just how it found its way out?
4: Um, I, think they, I think they work uh, cohesively, but I feel like with... Uh, I feel like STEM... Funny people are just... I think you're just kind of born with... It's a timing thing. And so I think that... That has always been there. Um, I just had to figure out how to develop, you know, writing as far as developing material. But um, So I think I'm, I've always been a stand-up. And the theater just another uh, facet, another branch of me. But I, don't even wanna, I really would like to almost just say I'm an artist. And yeah. comedy is the one that's leading this. But, art, you know, I do a lot of artistic things. They just stand up is the one that most fulfills me.
2: Awesome. So, Brent, tell me a bit about you then, my friend. Yes, sir, Rick. We started in Atlanta. What was was our homeroom?
3: We started in Atlanta, and I bombed terribly. (laughs) I'm talking about to the face. First, well, my third and fourth show. My first show was a success. First show was a success. Second show was like a semi-success. Third and fourth, to the face. Really? I'm talking about boo, get out the club, die.
2: How do you figure that? How do you figure you start strong
3: and then... I don't know, man. I started strong and I just dwindled down. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, I think everyone's first show, at least if you stay in stand-up, it's usually good enough. If it's that bad, you may never go back on stage again. I think that first show has to be, you know, yeah. go well, because mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have went on stage again if it would have been awful. Well, yeah, yeah
2: I, I know what you're saying about getting up, you know, but I've also seen a lot of people who bit it hard their very first times up and still continued their pursuit for stand-up yeah. and got a lot better. Yeah. So, I think it really depends on just how thick your skin is. I mean, we're yeah, in no. we're in an industry where we're told to go piss up a rope, fuck off, you're too fat, you're not pretty enough, you're too short, you're the wrong color, whatever the hell yeah. it may be. Definitely. So many goddamn times, Definitely. right? Uh, but I mean, at, let me ask you though when you when you go from two good sets to two bad sets, what was your motivating factor to get up as Jack asked, you know for that fifth time, what made you get back up on the on the horse, the proverbial horse?
3: uh, I guess more so, like the opportunity and just the opportunity presented itself for me to come to l a uh, my father lives in Los Angeles, so he presented that option to move out to l a to really take it serious and pursue it so that was one of the factors and uh i mean i'm just naturally funny you know what i'm saying i just have it i'm a natural class clown w- were you
2: were you the quintessential class clown I was the class i was Le- the
3: I, I got kicked out so much that i ended up helping the assistant principal deliver mail i'll ask all were you,
2: were you also were you the class clown would you be the? i wasn't the class clown Uh
4: but i wasn't considered the class clown but i was also kicked out I thought it was just me. I got I was no. definitely I got sent to the office so much. No. I became a part of it. Yeah. yeah, that's what
2: happens. And T- Terrence, what do you think? Were you class clown? Or? Definitely class clown I got troll every day. Okay. So,
5: ass whooping at home
2: every day for speaking my mind. That's really what it was. I would say the things that everybody thought in class. So, yeah. I find this very interesting, Jack. Yes, class clown or not class clown? I'm not class clown. All right. I
1: never got kicked out.
0: of Matt?
2: class or school? Oh. I, was,
0: I was definitely the class clown.
2: So yeah. I'm, I, I'm from your school, Matt's from your school, Terrence's school. We were, I was absolutely that class clown guy. Yeah, I was either gonna be the fat, chubby, Jewy-looking kid that got picked on, or I was gonna have some swift, sharp, fast comebacks that got you me got kicked you. the fuck out of class. I think, I think that was there,
4: but not in a way. Where I just I wasn't a clown though, but I was funny and sarcastic, but not a clown. So was, I don't know, it's different. But I, I understand, I get what you guys. You're okay. just
2: trying to sell your comedy as more as more polished than ours back then. No, I no. Like, <laughs> like, was just...
4: Let me tell you one. We get a breakdown. <laughs> I started. I I don't even do it as much as
2: I used to. But
4: and coming from uh, from ninth grade, I was I was really a, I was a really tiny dude. So I had to learn. I did a whole lot of snapping, snapping like ninth, tenth grade throughout high school. Okay. And then I, I fell into theater and then I fell into a this um fell into a real cool collected guy after that is basically what happened. So the funny was there I just transferred it in a different way. So it went, hang, to are you telling
2: me you're the ugly duckling syndrome? Were you the small this the small, skinny, scrawny the kid runt of the the, family? And, and then grows up to be the pretty boy TV and show I, star? Because I'm just gonna give you a big fuck. You I don't no, really
1: no, care.
3: That.
2: No, I, <laughs> no, I was all you know
3: You're too handsome <laughs> now, too, right? You are far he's too <laughs> handsome. <laughs> he's now. telling us he's better than us. Okay? No, you guys are I'm <laughs> with you, B. I am you. with you.
2: <laughs> no, I just you know, I was just
4: a small, a small kid, but I was always very nice too. So I was, just, you know. I the girls were there, but I was just a kid. Like nobody, uh, you know. I went to school with all gang members as well, so that was a whole other thing. So I had to kind of learn to be funny to not get beat up. And once I got cool with them, then it was cool. I had some because I was the oldest. I didn't have any big brothers to yeah. go home to to get. So I had to learn to be funny and keep people up off me. So I mean, I survived. and got there.
1: I, I should I be saying though, because I wasn't the class clown, but I was the clown in my circle. In my right, the stage was too you big. The, and, the, the stage was too big. That's, the stage was too, <laughs> too big. Circle clown. Circle clown. That don't make, that, that, that don't make it sound as cool. Jerk. It was cool when he said it. When he said circle clown, like you
0: diminish it's funny. Like, I, I call it as I see it. <laughs>
1: right, I'm done. He's uh, also known the pivot man, he's the pivot man in the circle. <laughs>
2: So, do you remember all three of you? I'll ask all five of you. Do you remember the first laugh you think you may have ever not professionally, but do you remember the first laugh you got that made you feel really good about getting a laugh? Was it in the school? Uh, I know that's where my first real big laugh was. was. Yeah,
3: my my first big laugh was in class where the class would laugh and it just gets a high. It's like fuck math. <laughs> that's right. How about these tomatoes, huh? <laughs> 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 the
2: old math tomato right? segue, huh? You don't yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, God. Yeah, I think um one of my first laughs that meant something to me I was I was doing theater, and I remember I did something w- with the character. I did a play called like, Rebel Without a Cause, and I played a character by the name of Plato. And I just added some levels to him, and I remember getting the laughs from the stage. And that's when I thought initially... I thought that I was totally sold on being an actor because of you know, the feedback that I got from doing theater and how instant it was from so many groups, uh, from such a large group. And so, in fact, when I graduated, I was almost kind of depressed because I felt like I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to find that laughter again. But then I realized that, oh shoot, I can get the same titillation from, that I got from acting, doing theater, from stand up, but I can get it every night. The same
3: like the M- multiple times every, times every time.
4: Oh man, that's what that's what brought my two worlds together.
3: Sounds like a good porn. <laughs> multiple times,
2: huh? <laughs> but it worked out. It's working out. Yeah, I don't know about you, man. I, I increase my odds I'm bisexual, but that's really that really means with my wife it's like sex two times a year. And that's <laughs> honest to God. Yes, uh, don't don't get old. Uh get old. <laughs> uh you remember your first laugh, laughter?
5: Everybody in the class laugh. So, yeah, that's just all the time. I was just always a funny guy You class.
2: strike me, though, as, like, the calmest, coolest, collected kind of dude. I, and I'm trying to picture you being that clown-like guy in school. You just seem so together. You've got it um, under control.
5: Yeah, now that I'm older, I'm especially when I'm around, like, London or Brandon, I'm more like it's the sponge stage. Like, you know, they're kind of like the class ahead of me in comedy. Like, I, I came up with them. So, like, right now being on the road with them is just kind of like watching them, letting them engage, watch... So that's just the mode I'm in. Mean, it's just learn mode. You know what I mean? Just like uh, no, you know? I
2: totally get it. I always encourage all of the local comics in every market we have clubs to spend whatever off night they have down at the club yeah. Yeah. because watching touring comics come through is basically like going to comedy college yeah. because you can learn something from everyone you watch, whether that person's been in the game for five years or 55 years. Yeah. Someone has something to offer you. I promise you yeah. that. Yeah, London's a great person to watch too. You know what I mean? I've been able to watch him. I think the
5: first time I met you was at the gym in, in LA. I was like, oh, this yeah. dude was a, I know this dude. Like, he was
2: like a big comic team. He's like, oh my God, I know this guy. So I my met him at the. God, yeah. comedy has changed. They're, they met at the gym.
3: Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I met in my comedy
2: buddies. I think uh, it was in an alley
1: with heroin. I'm pretty sure. Now that's good times. <laughs> I think so. I don't remember. That's why it's called the Crack House that's podcast.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, good times.
2: Oh man. Um, so let's uh, let's let's if we don't if you don't mind let's go back a little bit here. Look, can we talk uh, because I am such a fan of the show? Can we talk a little bit of ballers? Yeah, and let uh, uh, First ballers. of all, how did the part come to be, and uh, did it? Uh, was it one of those luck stories? Or did you go and have to read and bust your ass and earn the damn thing? And uh, Or is it a right place, right time scenario? Um, or it's a little a, bit of both sometimes in Hollywood.
4: It's, it's, a, it's a combination of a few things. One, I um, I got a call from a veteran comedian. He said, yo, man, have you auditioned for Baller? I said, no. Nah. He said, OK, they're looking for you. And he sent them my information. And they sent the size over size. If you don't know, or just pieces of the script for the listeners. And so um, I went in. I studied the part. And I remember I was really, really hoarse and because I, I had been working uh, as a choreographer at the time. And so you, I was just. You did choreography as well? I did well. choreography, at, you know. And so I was yeah, working you, on this You are an artist, brother. That's it, man. So you are an artist. I did work on that project. So I was in between working on the project. I went to go do the audition. And I told him, I said, y'all, if my, if you can't understand me because my voice was so hoarse from working, um, I told him, I said, y'all come back in. But basically, they had me to do the study. They said, man, we like what you did, but it was really, it was really dramatized. We would like to just it's a lighter show, 30 minutes. Can you make it funny? So me being able to adjust in the room is what ultimately got me from just a callback to a callback with the the heads with of the directors. The directors and So that's yeah. when I kinda knew. Um but the process for the audition for that was like two months. It was real rigorous. I was in there with heavy set dudes. Because uh, obviously the part was, I think, designed or written for a fat guy. Um, so the fat guys in the audition, um, there are some names who had lots more credits, uh, uh, a lot more credits than I did. But I think it's like my versatility um, with the project. And I think my theater background and my study came through uh, during the during the process. So, And that's how that went about
2: what's been your favorite part of the experience uh, about being on a on a show like that you know a successful hbo show that with you know massive stars on it
4: uh, a couple of things one is just being able to live off the art sure right just That's working a bonus. <laughs> so just working about. as a as an artist is i mean just being able to live off the art um, is one thing two the it gives it gave me a little bit of a of a voice so that I can get into clubs like this and and, and get around the country, or you know, just because at one I could have just said, "Hey, man, I'm funny, man," and people are like, "Yeah, I, I know, have a seat and sign the sign-up sheet." But it's different because at least with ballers, it gives me it allows people to at least hear my team and say, "Hey, man, we got this guy," and I'm like, "Cool," because that's where I come from. Ultimately, the the method is to to which I'm following, which is to get on the TV show. After the TV show. Land the movies. After the movies, bring that, bring the audience from TV, bring them to the theater, and from the theater, bring that same audience back to the comedy club. That's the plan. That's the layout, and that's what and, I'm working on. And then on. keep
2: repeating that, and sir. And keep repeating. Rinse, lather, repeat. Rinse, and then, lather, repeat. You know, in
4: between that, if I can – because
2: I still open for Chris Tucker. So just – studying or just sitting on the Christopher well, When did you start working with Chris? I'm surprised because I've worked with Chris, but we've had him come through our clubs, so we must have uh, either he started using you just after or uh, we, we made We did the ju-
4: theaters together. That was the thing. Oh, okay. So, I think when he was when he was probably working the clubs, that was probably after, but I started um working with him like a year and a half in and doing stand up. I was at a club one night. In fact, I went to watch him. That oh, really? I went to support him. And with
2: you a... walk away with the
3: opening gig. I did. And he right. walks away with the fucking bag. <laughs> what the hell, Brad?
4: <laughs> that's and I you was... toured with this? And asshole. I tour with this asshole. <laughs> that, was the, that was what was going on. I went to go hit open mics. I saw him on the fly to do the, do, to do the improv. And I was like, yo, let me go support him, because I know what that's like. I think it was the first time doing it. And I, I went there, and then the host of the show, D-Ray Davis, was like, yo, Chris, because Chris was popping in and working out, have you seen London? He says, No. He says, you ought to watch him. I did whatever my five minutes was of my shtick, whatever I had. Uh, we exchanged numbers. I hit the road. And so anyway, in the process of working with him on the road, I was able to take a lot of small notes, because I knew that my time at some point was coming. Um, so I couldn't wait to be, if you will, in the crisp position so that I could do stuff like this and have bring my friends and say, yo, man, here make a little money, something less, you know. Because a lot of times who you who you work with or travel with, at least how I see it, is like, can you deal with them off stage, Like, if they're funny or not, whatever that is, that's a plus. But I can be around these guys, and that's more important to me is to be around good energy.
2: 100%. And also, yeah. I mean, we all know how lonely it is to be stand-ups, let's be honest. I yeah. mean, and some of us have families, and uh you get away from them for a lengthy period and you realize it's a very lonely game so to be able to have this extended family i totally get it man you're right. traveling you know you're traveling with family so to speak you know right so we know that your dream to uh to do the rinse lather repeat what uh what's what's in the what's in the cards for you what what is, i mean you moved out to LA with a goal with a purpose
3: yeah i moved out to LA uh been i was hitting the grind uh well now currently 8 years uh i currently tour with Lennon, but I also toured with Earthquake and Atheon Crockett. And I've been doing with Earthquake.
2: How's Earthqu- Earthquake doing?
3: Great, man. Amazing. I haven't seen him yeah, in a long time. Uh, we're actually starting a radio show uh, with Sirius XM on uh, June 11th. Called? Uh, name? Uh, you
2: got Quakes for- House. All
3: right. It's called Quake, it's Quakes House on uh, Kevin Hart's channel, Sirius XM 96. Uh, but Quake's been good, man. Like, that's been my mentor. Uh, I've been on the road with Quake now for three years. Wow. Yeah, so... When he's not doing the uh, big headlining dates, uh, with him and like a bunch of headliners like Mike Epps, some more. Yeah. And I'm uh, with him in the comedy club. Oh yeah, he's one of those. kings
2: yeah. of comedy kind yeah, of guy. He's yeah, yeah man. no question.
3: Yeah, and it's just always been great learning how to be professional, learning how to be funny, learning the uh, business side of you know radio marketing, and just knowing how to turn your funny on and turn it off, just being able to control it.
2: So what's the uh, in a perfect world? What would you, uh, where would you like to see your stand-up take you?
3: Oh, in the perfect world, I, I want to see my stand-up take me, I mean, to really for the rest of my life. I want to tour, be able to tour and be able to pop in and have the control to do that for the rest of my life. And I want to see, like, my stand-up take me, of course, initially to sitcoms or to something big that would draw the market. But I feel like after that, you know, my Just Funny will carry the rest. But just to be able to have that household name, to be like, oh, that's Brandon Lewis, and then I can be able to carry a crowd for the rest of my life. That's the idea. So basically, the rent's glad to repeat. No, and and Terrence,
5: kind of the same thing. Just uh, get, race, race and repeat. Be on a create my. I want to be a, eventually be a writer. Write a show, help stuff like that. But um, eventually just build a following so that I can tour and make money off of touring. No, okay. This is up.
3: new to him, Rick. No, but He's I'm, up I'm, on the questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh.
3: See, here's what I here's what
2: I hate about this. Film. Here's what I hate about this generation of comic. and I talk really? about you guys? Goddamn. Like I said, we (laughs) joked earlier, you guys met at the gym. I was out partying when I met most of my buddies. But I really do think the makeup has changed now. You look at this group sitting Look, Look at this this side of the table. These three fat, (laughs) schlubby, white sons (laughs) of bitches. I'm not fat. You guys (laughs) are, like, good-looking, talented, and healthy. I mean, I honestly feel that comics, uh, and I'm not even joking now, it's almost like there's been this, the same way Tiger Woods changed golf and became... You know, I'm not just going to swing in a club. I'm becoming an athlete. I'm learning all the science behind it. I'm learning yeah. all the analytics, everything. I feel like this generation of comics, these guys that are in it, and you guys are part of it too, 10 years and under, you guys, you're getting savvy a lot quicker and you're figuring that shit out that, you know what, if I really want to move to the top of the class quick here, yeah. I need to turn over a new hour not once every seven years. i got to try to do this shit every couple of years so that way I can keep throwing out albums or yeah. record a special yeah. and not worry about the material mm. being burned, right but let me ask you is is it um, i mean i'm going to use the word we all fucking hate is it a millennial thing what is motivating you guys to to be this i mean like i said i mean we're, we joke about you guys working out in the gym but 15 years ago listeners cr- listen to me crackers our crack whores need to know this when crackers. you Definitely. that's what we call our listeners by the way crack i wasn't doing a white reference i just realized really bad yeah timing there but uh, what was I just saying? Where was I going with that? About the millennial changes. changes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, how is, why do you think it is that you thing. guys are, I mean, why is it this that this younger generation of comics has figured that out? Why, why what, what is it?
4: I think that's a, a really great question. And I think what made it so clear, or at least for me, is that basically when I started finding myself in the club with – my, my, the people I looked up to are now peers, is what it's come down to. I remember back in 2000, and when my, my buddy Luke put me on the Def Jam in the 90s, mid-90s, and then there's a new wave of comics that came around the scene in the early 2000s, as far as black comedy, uh, urban comedy. On Comic View, I, when I got into the clubs, I started seeing these guys. And I'm like, OK, well, not only was I seeing them, and that was at first, that was the exciting thing about it. I was like, uh, you know, very excited about that. But the, as I started to do stand-up, I started realizing, oh, that material, I know their' sets from 2000. And so I made a choice like, I don't want to be that guy, you know, 15 years or whatever I don't know, whatever time in. I didn't want to be fall that. And I've noticed even with the, there are comics that are in Kevin's class. And some of them, they don't, it's not a, It's, not, cause it's not all about TV and movies. Like, there are a lot of people who have new material and that work well doing stand-up. And Quaker's one of those guys, he's just a monster every time oh, we see him. he's a beast, yeah. And so, anyway, my whole, I'm very methodical about what my plan was or is um, as far as just basically, um, I have a, I'm very clear on what I want. And so I'm just making sure that everything lines up uh, to that. And if it doesn't, then I negate. So if that means if I want to be uh, on TV and I want to be a leading guy, then that means I got to start now um, because I already feel that it's on the way. So I'm not waiting for it to get here. I feel I'm like, preparing for it to get here.
3: I feel like it's a number... Uh- I feel like social media changed the game. So social media changed the comic from what the comic was in the 80s and 90s. Social media like transformed that whole thing because back in the day,
2: I, I agree. But the social is social media the driving factor behind you guys working so hard on your art? Yes. Not mine. Not mine though.
3: I mean, I mean, uh, like individually, yeah. It, it, you know what I'm saying. Individually, everybody has their own thing. But as a global scale of comedians, like social media has changed the whole craft. Because back in the day, it could be like, oh, you just get a, you can be like an extra in a freaking sitcom and that can make you become a headliner. But nowadays, the attention span and social media and so many other platforms within social media has changed. So you could be doing, you could do a Comedy Central set and it has no effect on you now. Like, you can actually do a Comedy Central set and nobody gives a damn. Like, I'd never seen you still before. And I feel like social media and on the scale as far as, like, within the brotherhood, I feel like Kevin Hart has raised the bar so high that it's just changed.
0: Well, it is true. Like, on our generation, like, we saw A&E, the improv, and that was, we'd see the one comic, like, every six months or a year or whatever. And then nowadays, like, with Vine and, and Instagram and Snapchat, like, everybody wants, like, Seven seconds is always new, it's always changing, it's always (laughs) different. So, you know, everybody's got ADHD, everybody's you know, wants
1: wants it now. I was gonna say social media too, but I was also gonna elaborate a little bit more on that. I think it's social media, but it was also the push from the veteran comics from the 90s, like the Louis C.K.'s and stuff like that, who were in it for so long and so good. And, and, and they took the social media, and they took what they needed to do, and Lou was doing a special hour yeah. every year. Yeah. So it was. It, I think it, it was also the older generation really driving home with the social media thing, too, which made us go, holy shit, now we really got to jump because how are we going to do this? We, we got we to do something fast now. and yeah. a lot How, how much
2: time and effort do you all uh, put into your own social medias, Lyndon?
1: Um I don't
4: necessarily do the sketches, but my social media would be stuff like this, like going live and cooking in front of them. Because people want to, mine is more interactive, uh, personal interaction as opposed to sketches and, and other things. So I'm on there pretty often because I realize that my numbers are growing slowly just from people feeling like they have some kind of connection to me
2: how just out of curiosity what was the jump in followers on your social media pre-ballers to post-ballers
4: um I think last year it started my followers went basically it was like a it grew it started growing basically like a thousand a month um wow. was what it's been and I timed it out now if
2: every one of those followers would send you ten dollars when they register
4: that would be, I know, right? That's
3: everybody's dream on social media. That would if be. If I can turn this 8K into really 8K,
4: that would be great. But, uh, but honestly, that's you know, I feel like the, my connection with my followers is a little more personal in that I know that they follow because I, I don't. We there is what we call thirst traps. Thirst traps on social media is basically things that people do to set up their viewers to uh, like them if you will. So f- for example, I don't have any of those. I, there's nothing on my page that requires extra attention from my viewers. I'm not walking around with my shirt off. I'm not being rude cuz sometimes you get you get followers from that way being really really rude or being very promiscuous. I don't have to do none of that. I'm very straightforward, I'm clear. I cook, they want to follow, they can. And so I get a very a, a genuine group of people are
0: interested, and me and on the other hand, come I'm
3: promiscuous. <laughs> I'm all <of> that. <laughs> he, he is the yin to your yang. He's not, right.
0: and, and that's why my. <laughs> how many viewers do you have, Brandon? Right? Yeah. My followers—they feel he's
2: 73. No, you know what? The two of you compliment each other well. I can see why you guys are buddies, and I can see why you enjoy spending yeah, time they together. They feel like no he's question. very, very loud, and I'm very, very not. And just I, I, I want to know that in. when you go out and the ladies are around, who? because you're both too damn pretty, who plays wingman? Who's who's the guy that's getting the gals and who's the guy that's...
3: London's w- definitely getting the gals. That's
5: Oh, Fat Reggie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ballers.
3: <laughs> that, you know. And I'm the clean-up man, like, huh, he doesn't want you, but I do.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: All right, I'm going to get a, a little on the heavier side for a second. I want to talk race and comedy. Uh, Why do we think, or why do you feel it is, and I mean, I physically notice this, um, there has been a lot bigger crossover for urban, for black comics, in mainstream comedy clubs, and I'm going to say in the last five years. I, and I can honestly tell you, you, know my wife books all the rooms. Tammy, she deals with your age. Okay, sweet. And, I mean, we have – like, it's now uh, at a point. Like, we have a, a spot in our schedule where, honestly, we have six black acts in a row. And we don't book based on color. We right. book based on funny. And more importantly, we based on who can put asses in a fucking chair. That's Ultimately. what it really comes right. down to. But at the end of the day, I mean – Women have been saying for the longest time, you know, they have very few women headliners, uh, you know, and we're seeing more and more, but... Uh, for a while, you know, you hear that, too. You know, it's a, it was a white man's game. You got a lot of white headliner comics up there. But now there really is this big crossover. It used to be urban comics worked. They worked the black clubs in Washington and the cities that had all those rooms. And, uh, and I mean, and th- going back to the point we discussed earlier, you know, BET, for a while, there was a real BET style. And now, right. like I'm saying, comics have gotten above and Black comics right. I are mean, head and shoulders above that. There's no more of the that hacky feeling. Right, right, you know. Right. Look, there's always going to be. There's always going to be your right. B and C room comics. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, why do you think both those things have happened? I think a, a great uh, cause
4: of that has been do- platforms. Platforms such as Last Comic Standing and so forth, Comedy Central. Those, uh, those platforms that ideally urban comics wouldn't see. But it really just a matter of exposure. I think that when... A lot of these are urban comics, if you will, when they get to do different shows like something, you know, MTV, Comedy Central, or a Showtime HBO special, that has expanded uh, the market a little bit. And then also, oh, more
2: than a little. I grew right. with you 100%. Because not only do you, when I grew up and was on TV, people either saw me live or they didn't see me. Right. Now you're living on in perpetuity on the internet, social media. So that, anything right. you record has the opportunity and the ability to be seen forever and a day. Right, right. And then of course Kevin's influence as well. I mean, even if you
4: know people recognize it or not, just seeing someone pulling those kind of numbers, I think expands on the business level. He said, well, all right, we we may want to start expanding our views on who can draw and 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 do what they do. But so yeah, I just think as the platforms have changed as well.
3: Yeah, I feel like uh I feel like it's the buying power. I feel like it's just as far as the business side, like you said, who can put asses in the seats. I feel like as a a urban comedy, or as an urban comic, the black dollar or the urban dollar is more like now. Like, you know, we can sell out. I can sell out now. Oh, as dude. Far as, you know what I'm saying? Like, there guy, we, we
2: brought Country Wayne in. I don't yeah. know if you know Country yeah, Wayne, yeah, he's but he's out. a social media dude turned mm-hmm. comic. And, yeah. and, you know, when he's getting, he's actually, his comedy's not bad, you know, because yeah. I know when you hear it's those growing. words, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually it's yeah. Grow, yeah. Uh, but, but to his credit, this guy sells tickets well, yeah. like I've yeah. never, I mean, he's got well, four million Facebook graphics. followers. Dang. But yeah. that's
4: that social media. But,
2: but yeah. that's going back to what I, I said in when I posed the first question. I mean, uh, you know, before there was a, a BET style, and now you're seeing guys understanding that they have to... Right. Uh, you know who comes to mind all the time? This guy is one of my favorite comics in the world, and this is why it shows you how hard the game is. This guy's got a creative voice, Maranzio Vance. Do you know Maranzio? Oh man, that's
3: my good buddy, man. Dude, I Maranzio, fucking man. dude.
2: You first of all, please say hello for me. And yeah, the guy would be buddy. up in Canada if he'd get yeah. his fucking passport. Yeah. Right. he'd be playing my room that's my up good there. My totally different on stage and off stage. Totally, but dude, he went up on stage, and I have to admit, you know, I've been in comedy for thirty-five, almost forty years, and. Yeah, when I see a brother go up, I'm going to expect him to at least hit me with a few black jokes, you know, because it's pretty common. And I get the same way I do a white Jewish joke every time I'm on stage, you know? But this guy, it was a breath of... Like, I mean, it was just well-written, well-structured, just brilliant, brilliant. And this is what scares me about the game. You got a good-looking guy like that with an unbelievable creative voice and a great writing skill. Why isn't that son of a bitch a fucking star?
3: No, Moranzio, uh, like...
2: Mar- but you know you know what I've I'm know, saying, I've though, know, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he-
3: I've known Moranzio quite a bit. Like, when I first came to L.A., and he took me in this. when He used to play basketball together and all that stuff. And it's more so, I guess it's just more so Moranzio's just in his way. Because he did last comic stand-in, and he advanced quite a bit, and he... He toured from that, and he. I think he just recently came off the George Lopez, one of the George Lopez's show. Oh, he did just he? Did. Was yeah. he on Lopez's? Yeah, oh, he was on okay. one of George's. Yeah. Well,
2: I know he's worked with Lopez a lot. He is yeah. pretty tight with him, yeah. right? Yeah.
3: But I, I feel like it's more so Morazio because he, he, although he looks young, he's he's. Oh, up I know, yeah. dude. He's black don't crack. So, yeah. I know that. And, yeah. And, Believe I, me. I, and he still has the old mentality, mindset, as far as just like maybe not necessarily bitterness to him, but it's just more so it's like. A different mindset that he's he's advancing now, just coming to social media. But if Moranzio put the social media to what he do now, he would be huge.
0: Well, one thing too, you, met, you mentioned Country Wayne in London. Like Country Wayne came with his he brought people up his too like team. london his whole team like london he brought your whole team like it seems like the, the black community they still rally together and try 100% to, and i'm all for it if if one of us raises up then we all raise dude, up dude i believe in jewish I see, nepotism
2: i believe yeah. in black why the hell not you should be supporting but you don't your see own that anymore. absolutely especially if you
0: see the local phoenix scene like they are out for themselves like they're not hoping anyone else moves up cuz they think that that's taking their job I, from them i mean ultimately you have to hope in human being
2: nepotism but Unfortunately, right. the world doesn't work that way. But why wouldn't you help your friends out? Look, London's in a position now because of some success with HBO and mm-hmm. being on Ballers and mm-hmm. having representation and getting into A Rooms that he can make those rooms available to guys yep. like Brendan, like Terrence. Why the hell would I mean? Look at what I mean. In a small way, you're you guys both knowing me. It's gotten you to meet some pretty interesting people, some 100%. great shows. 100%. I, I mean, think.
4: I think not to cut you. I think It's also too a thing where we. we we have heard that, too, from a lot of the black vets that they were a lot more competitive and they were going at it. Because also, too, then the opportunities were, weren't were as wide now. Like, for example, you know, somebody like Wayne, he has a, a, his own platform where he can connect to the people directly. So you cut out all these other middle people. That's right. And he got his own following brand from dealing with them directly. And and
2: you know how much some of them are expanding? Some of them are now becoming, you know, it used to be about trying to find a Hollywood and All of my Hollywood agent and manager friends who hear what I'm about to say now are going to hate me. But now these guys are even saying, fuck them. We're gonna self-represent. My brother's about to become my Definitely. agent. Definitely. This guy, my my sister's about to be my manager. Definitely. And yeah. I mean, uh, Jay Farrow, uh, super guy, uh, SNL yeah. alumni. Yeah. Uh, his sister is one of my favorite people in the world and she's his road manager. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and you know, he's making good coin. Why not pass some of it into the family? Definitely. And uh, I mean, I, I think it's the next, I think it's gonna be the wave of the future, I really do. I think because we're all even now, we're all equal because we all have this pl- same platform right. called the internet and since it exists to all of us we can anyone has the potential to really make themselves pretty big
4: yeah and i think as far and, and as far as this kind of camaraderie it really comes down to being i'm i don't feel threatened by them on any type of level i feel like what's for what's for brands for branding what's for me is for me so i'm not i
2: don't see myself competing necessarily I know that See with, I, I took that completely differently as a club owner. What I heard was I have no problems following these two chumps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard I, I heard I already took Chris Tucker from Brandon. I'm not even worried about him anymore. <laughs> no, no that's, my, that's
4: my brother. But honestly, I'm comfortable.
0: You know I, I've I'm heard it all, goddammit. it. <laughs> and parents doesn't say anything, so I'm not worried about parents right now.
4: I'm I'm, I'm totally I'm totally comfortable, but e- even when, you know, Someone has a strong set. of Whatever the case is, that we go out and do other clubs, and you know, even that, I had, there was a different battle with going as Chris. Chris is open. It wasn't like Chris Tucker and friends. It was just Chris Tucker. Those people paid whatever they, they weren't. Interested in seeing the uh, lights were still on. Uh, I you you were killing.
2: T- I'll do it. I've done. So, I've, I've toured with the Smothers Brothers. i Martin Short. So right. I've opened for those type of guys where they're drawing everyone in. Right. The only person there to see me is mom and dad. That's Definitely. it. So yeah. that that is another muscle
4: within itself. But honestly, I'm secure enough to just be comfortable. Like, yo, if I can help, then get yours. Because I'm, I'm I'm so focused and comfortable with knowing I'm going to get mine at some point. So I'm like, well, that's good. My Amazon away, so please get. Let me help. It only helping them only speeds up the process of my own success, is how I see it. So I'm like, yo, man. That's and good. I
2: like to also believe, is uh, hokey as it is, there's something about good life karma, man, and doing well unto others should repay you tenfold. Right. I really do well, believe that. Well,
0: and you, and London, you, you said you were a, a teacher before, so it's kind of that's kind of what your personality is. is it, right. Is you're just bringing. And when you have your friends on the road, it makes you want to do better too. Like you guys have like that competition at night, right, right, right. And it makes you do better.
4: Right. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I, I, because I, and I can also know when they're not laughing or if they do laugh. Okay, maybe I'll keep that and let's figure that out. But like I said, it's about being comfortable with the people off stage. Like you can be funny, but if if you're an a-hole when we get off, I, I don't want to be. Stuck in the airport with some guys I, that get on my yeah. nerves. So, it, I mean, it kind of it works out. Yeah, that's called marriage, by the way. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Boom! Boom!
3: That was a great punch. Thank
2: you. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Uh, how are you doing? Are we okay for time? Well let's, well, let's
3: talk about this, Rick. Let's talk about this shitty day that you said you had. Uh, it wasn't... Uh,
2: so here was the thing. So as you, uh, first of all, I feel terrible because um, uh, I didn't come in last night to see the boys, to see you guys, to see the show. Uh, and I had full intention on it. It's just uh, to put things... I've been burning the candle at both ends. I just came from a week in Minnesota and a week here. So since I'm on the road and not at home with my family... Basically, I work days and nights just to be busy. The,
3: you have a home in Minnesota as well?
2: No, I don't have a home in Minnesota. Be, here made sense. I buying a home here is a vacation. This, I mean, yeah. you guys see where you're staying. Yeah. Even the con- like, yeah, that sounds great. At some point, I'll sell my house and downsize to the condo. Yeah, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but um, no, I just uh, have a place out here um, and a uh, place up in Canada. And uh, so since I'm just alone, I'm one of those guys that I'm better if I stay busy and do shit. So I end up working nights, day, um, I'm days and nights, and it ends up just getting long. So last night, I finally just hit a wall after a date, yeah. and I'm like, I'm just going to stay in. I called the guys and said, Matt, hey, do me a favor, take care of the guys. If they need anything, I, I can come down. But... Uh, you know, right. you guys are lo- one of the things I like about you guys. Very easy to work with, low maintenance. Because believe me, one of the shit I can tell you about club owners. And I just had a summit of club owners staying at my house. If there are comics out there who are divas or just a pain in the ass to deal with, believe me, we're all fucking talking about you. Uh-huh. Like we, oh, it's just, like you. we yeah. all know. So um, yeah, it's a pleasure to have guys, especially when I mean it's. It'd be real easier for you, London, to come in here with a chip on your shoulder. You're on a pretty successful show, but you're. You know what? You're just a solid guy. And I appreciate that. And so do your audiences. I can promise you that people awesome. want to know that they connect with the person is they're just real. You know, right, right. people like that a lot. Anyway, so my plan was to watch a do some work, watch a flake, sleep in. That was the plan. I executed it perfectly until 630 this morning when my fucking gardeners showed up. Oh, man. With the machines and the all blowers the, and the cutters and All of that. That's workers. the worst. Oh, <laughs> shit.
4: Oh, my God. This wealth is ruining. Here's my <laughs> point. <laughs>
2: Who does that at 6.30 on a Saturday morning?
3: The Mexicans. Like, how do you know? It's the not, people you hired. Not, you're
0: right. How do you know? But I don't even understand. It's 120 at 10 a.m. I they get have to come that. At 6 I get
2: that. But then do my property on Friday. Whatever, don't do it on Saturday. This is
3: so dope. This is rich people's problems. Yes, hashtag rich people's yes. problems. That's right.
2: Actually, the, the best line ever happened. Jewish had. hood. My, Jewish I, once had a, I once had a server absolutely burn me because I told her this was the God's. I said, I know I'm getting old. I pulled a muscle in my like right ass cheek getting into <laughs> my hot tub. That's and to which crazy. she responded with hashtag rich people problems. Yeah, <laughs> I said, yeah, you kind of got me. That was the most obnoxious thing I've ever said. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was just a, a a bit of a bitch of a morning. I I, got, I have nothing to complain about, honest to God. I feel uh,
0: uh, no it's a bitch I'll, I'll, of a morning. Right, I, a Fuck blower. To Bridget, I'm gonna me tell, up. You, I'll what tell you. What did
3: you, a, eat for, what <laughs> you eat for breakfast? Do you have a cook, Rick?
0: Let's no, I do honest.
2: not, dude. No, I'm a I'm a hardworking guy. I can promise you that. How I many work, bedrooms? I work 15, 16 hour days. How many bedrooms in your house? Um, I don't want to answer that question. On the <laughs> <platform>. <laughs> I have six bedrooms, eight baths.
0: His one bedroom is bigger than my house. Uh, I have a guest house. Say, I'll Golly. say.
3: That.
2: But I'm going to say this too. Uh, I, I, it's not the. It's not because I got it because of affluence. It was a bit of a good timing uh, and unfortunate uh, situation here in America. We bought during the real cr- the crisis when everyone was abandoning their homes so this was one of those homes where people literally just Mm. walked away from it and um we uh we we got a great deal on it and at this very same time the canadian dollar happened to be stronger than the u.s dollar so Mm. it was a perfect storm i mean i I, I'm, i'm not walking around with uh Right, you yeah know, I'm not making like I ain't making it rain I can promise you that much I work hard man I, I I'd be doing what you guys were doing if it weren't for the fact that I ended up with Crohn's disease got really sick I mean oh, I, w- I was on the road for 25 years man doing stand-up solid I mean all over the place all over the world
3: what's the ever- what time do you get up usually every morning
2: now I Monday to Friday, I'm up usually 6, 6.30, but, I, but I'm, the, I used to go to bed at 6, 6.30. I mean, I used to go for dinner at 2 o'clock in the morning with the comics after the show. I mean, right. that's still how I'm wired in my brain. I'm always going to be a comic, you know, yeah. and that's how I still see myself playing things out. But, um,
0: yeah, I... Uh, I mean, we yeah. did call it early the other night, and it was like 2.30, and that was like the earliest we've ever ended the evening. When was I out till 2.30? Oh, wait. Is Tammy listening? I mean, 2.30 no, afternoon. No, I'm trying to think. I was <laughs> in, uh, Wednesday I, or whatever day that we went out. The, the dude, I was in bed by
2: 11.30.
3: Oh, you I, was, were I out, got home. You
2: stayed out late.
3: <laughs> he stayed out late. <laughs>
0: yeah. He's the one he doing the coke. He was supposed to be with me the no, whole time. I had,
2: I had that meeting Friday morning that I had to attend. All right, so a couple of things I want to ask before we're going to get into uh, producer Buck's corrections here. The name. Love the name. Um. I, except for the fact, I need to ask you: Did you ever get picked on as a kid? With uh, uh, any kid ever walk by you, push you over, and say, "London Brown is falling down."
4: Uh, they did the, they did sometimes the the London bridges stuff. But I mean, at the you know, you get to some of that when you're younger. But after a while, I think my friends
2: started to realize, yo, that's. That is a cool name. It's a great name. So, and so, well, now what were the, what was your parents' influence? Was it the city or no, was it I just the sound of the name? Because, I guess it was just a sound because I have a
4: sister named Paris and I have another sister named Asia. So, I don't know. And then I have a, a brother named August and another one named April. So, uh,
3: Know. So his parents didn't have passports.
2: Okay?
3: <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 but they do have weed.
2: Right. They got something.
4: But, you know, it, it works for me. Now, if I was like, and this is no knock, but if I had a, a blue-collar job with London, then it might be kind of weird. But as an artist or an entertainer, then London... No, it's a oh, great... You a got a great April? man.
0: No, the brother with April. That's no, no. Like the like the one. brother of August. August Brown. Yeah, no, no, no. Now that would be a shitty name. <laughs>
2: that would be bro. <laughs> I, I, I like actually. I, I like all those names. You see, you got two a, You got two. Uh, you got a, a two abs and uh, uh August and you got. You said your sister was yeah,
4: Paris and Asia. Asia. right.
2: I'm assuming Asia is a girl's name, right? Yes. Okay. Good, all right. So. Uh, what are you? Just out of curiosity, what what is your kind of background? What are your What did your parents do? What kind of uh What kind of family upbringing did you have?
4: I came up uh, really tight. Family. We grew up in church and okay. Um. My stepfather is a, a a was a wild crazy alcoholic but really really cool, really really funny. Um my mother's very very spiritual so um as far as that I just my you know I was always involved in the arts because I stayed in a really gang infested neighborhood. I stayed next door to gang members, five houses down from another set of gang members. Um went to school, you know, it just it's South Central. So wherever they shoot all the black gangster films is where where I grew you were up. living. Uh, but I've always always kept busy. Uh I was always busy. So I didn't really have time to get so caught up.
2: So uh, is your family still living where you grew up or they have they relocated now? They are there but like uh maybe like fifteen minutes from
4: where we grew up. So we're not in the trenches, but they but, are but still but you're nearby. They're right. They, uh, they can smell you know, the gunpowder. Right, <laughs> right, it's right in the area, so that's another reason why I'm always driven. Because what I do isn't is it's not just for me and for to buy a new pair of shoes. I, I support you're them. taking
2: care of them. So it, good on
4: you. I man. have to be very, very focused. Good on
2: you. I mean. Well, I can tell you from uh, from the short time knowing you, and just from what I've heard from you playing our rooms in the past, uh, uh, no one's had anything but nice things to say about you, man. Okay, so, uh, so your so. your parents did well by you. They raised they raised, they raised a good boy. Yeah, you're not, they're not they bad, man. No, they they're did okay. Um, Producer Buck, do we have any? Oh, we have no mics for you. Do we have any corrections? What?
6: Hey, no, actually, you guys did uh, pretty well. Everything was wrapped up pretty nicely. Uh, thirst trap. Was an interesting expression i never heard of?
4: Oh, man, yeah. That's what, a, what is that? What? Thirst trap is basically, <laughs> these are uh, traps um, for attention. So basically things that people do to, to receive extra attention, because we all like attention, that's fine. But the distance that we're willing to go to get extra attention is not only does it make the person thirsty, because the person is thirsty, hence the name thirst trap. And I'm not into that kind. That's corny to me personally. But, you know, it's just the same way where you get women who wear the super see-through stuff or low-cut stuff because they want social media, they want their followers to like the pictures. I'm not into that. That's damn cool. I just, I just, to me, that's like an ultimate sign of insecurity. So
0: you're not wearing any low-cut anything?
4: in any I business? won't be wearing no. any low-cut anything. No. no then why so.
2: are you not wearing pants for this podcast? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Bro, Is there. <laughs> but, no, I just think that people, they, they don't mess with me anyway. If they cool, they follow me, and if they come out to the club or the shows. So I'd rather just connect on a more genuine level, but
6: cool. Well, yeah, that was a curious term to me. And then the only other thing I had is I would just like to throw uh, my support towards. I, I also believe millennial comedians are uh, healthy, hardworking, and just generally better looking than the people on your side but of the table.
2: Thanks, <laughs> Producer Buck. Remember, I'm Producer sorry. Buck, it's this side of the table that you have to work with every fucking week. Oh, yeah, that's not right. that side of the table.
6: No, <laughs> well, I'm
0: not him.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'll say this, Producer Buck. You know what I liked about today's episode? We talked about, we really got a lot of topics in. And, uh, you know, usually when you got six people sitting around a month, it's really easy for it to get lost, but I actually felt there was some control here today. I felt like I understood the message, and I know certainly a little bit more about each of you guys. And uh, again, it was uh, really a pleasure to meet you guys. Let's get all your social media for our listeners so that they can follow you. I know you're at Re- where Real London Brown on Twitter is. That it for Instagram? Yeah. Uh,
4: and- yep. Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter at Real London Brown. Was and- there a
2: fake Lind- London Brown out there that you needed to uh, add the
4: real to it? Or uh-
2: <laughs> no? I'll, I'll go into it because.
4: I know that a lot of my friends are people, they don't understand, but I'm a very methodical and progressive forward thinker. So I know when I came up with the name that there's no real London Browns or there's no other London Brown accounts because nobody cares. Today, I'm thinking down the line when the other accounts are coming. I'm I'm already locked into being great. So real London Brown was just a proactive way to solidify myself very early
3: on.
2: He's
4: so,
3: Thanos right now. He's looking for the other rings. I, are you
2: willing to pay for the uh, London uh, Brown.com domain I purchased yesterday?
3: That <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I need I like to that. do that. I, I, uh... That's a wealthy joke. That's a wealthy
2: joke. what that was. Oh, Rick, shit. You flexed on oh, us the whole oh, time, shit. Rick. Oh, shit. I just <laughs> got... Let me let me grab a towel. All right, we got it. Now we have to wrap. Oh, Jack's got it. Jack's got it. How bad did I get you, brother? No, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm fast. fast. Uh, but but now we needed we needed to high five on that one though, man. That was far too good.
3: Um, Brandon, what's your uh, social media? Oh, pal? Uh, my social media account is who is Brandon Lewis on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram, and if you can't find that, just go to London's page, and then you can see me, and then follow me from there, or go to London's new website, londonbrown.com.
5: <laughs>
2: Um, and uh, Terrence, what's your, uh, what's your social media, brother? Uh, mine is
5: at Terrence Delaney, uh, Delaney, Delane, that's E N C E Delane, D E L A N E. All my social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything is at Terrence uh,
2: I, I cannot wait to come see you tonight because you are the calmest, most polite, nicest yeah. guy I've ever met that happens to have tattoos on his Adam's apple. <laughs> 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 Guys, it's been a real pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us Uh, again. uh, real clap. What's that?
0: Oh, Matt, that, you wanna- that was, uh, no,
2: no. Go ahead. No, no. no. no I was just going to wrap here. Want, and of course, we wanted to thank all of our listeners uh, who tune in and listen to the Crack House podcast on behalf of uh, my co-host Matt Broom and Jack Galvin. Uh, again, guys, I really appreciate you being here. Uh, any listeners out there, I encourage you to uh, go check out any of these three on tour. Uh, and I know uh, that if you're uh, listening to us or watching us on uh, on uh, on, are you doing it on yes. Instagram Live on or live Facebook on? Live right now? Uh, Instagram if, live. On yeah. IG live. If you're watching us. On uh, uh what? Is, oh, it's on Real London Brown. They're so if you're watching, watching us. no, watching I'm, saying, he, no he he I'm saying no, but I'm saying if you are in the Arizona area yeah. and you're watching, uh, and you're watching yeah. Real London Brown, you can see him tonight. Your last two shows at the House of Comedy on High Street. Otherwise, uh, check out his social media for his upcoming dates and all the comics you heard today. And keep supporting live comedy in your local market at your local comedy club. Team, thanks. Have a great day. Thanks Thank you, so man.
6: Silverstein Videography and Photography and you better believe he's drone certified. Email him at Silverstein at gmail.com. That's Mark with a C Allen A-L-A-N silverstein at gmail.com or call 847-687-5155 For Mark Silverstein, videography and photography, once again, drone certified. Big Big Pine Pine Comedy Comedy Festival, Festival. September 19th to 22nd 22nd in in downtown Flagstaff, Arizona. Arizona. Check Check us us out online at bigpinecomedyfestival.com.